Welcome to the 405 Podcast in partnership with Picture House Central. On this week's episode, we are talking everything London Film Festival, what is amazing, what got adrenaline racing, and more importantly, what surprises. As a heads up, we might be quite excited, or I am, as we just saw Ben Reedy's Free Fire. Also, why are we saying we? Because it's not just myself and Sean Mountain this week. We're joined by guests. Who are these guests? Well, wait for the blood red shoes to hit the symbols and we'll tell you. Welcome to the 405 Film Podcast with Sean Melton and Adam Gibbonati Roach. Hello, welcome to the 405 Film Podcast. I am Adam Libonati Roach, and as I said in the intro, I'm not alone. Not like most of my life, which I do spend alone, like the Lone Ranger. But anyway, never mind, moving on from my poor personal life. I am joined today by four other people. One of those includes regular Sean Melton, and we are sat in a beautiful, spacious office backstage at Picture House Central with multiple windows and lights streaming in. Isn't that right, Toby King? That's right, yeah, we've got fountains and uh, you know, birds flying about. It'd be really fun. Uh, yeah. Introduce yourself. I'm who Toby are you? King, marketing manager at Picture House Central. And who is to your left or to my right? Matt Williams from Hoxton Movies. Oh, thank you for joining us. Very welcome, glad to be here in this and splendour. And who is back-to-back <laughs> in ABBA style with you? Nikki Alexandri from Hoxton Movies. I nearly sung You Are Not Alone when you said... Oh man, you could have sung that. We're going to keep everything in, including <laughs> trying to get like the bits out of it. And then to my right, I am joined by regular Shar Melton. Apparently. Ah, regular. Thank you. Thank you for being so regular. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> the best level of Coca-Cola. Congratulations <laughs> to you. So we're here. London Film Festival has, in theory, ended for us. Yeah. Um, we're one too cheap to afford to go to the galas, and two, we want to do other things for our weekends. Like, I potentially me watch Swiss Army Man. Oh, Just what good I'm... for you. Good for me. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm so... <laughs> I, I, I do try really hard to go and watch films in a cinema. It's a fucking tough life, my friend. <laughs> um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to recap the festival quickly. Um, we're going to find out what everyone's favourite films were, and I'm probably going to put them on the spot with questions that are not what are your favourite films. Actually, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Maybe we'll think of a question each. Okay. Go for a question each. So, an obnoxious question that's going to put people off guard and then accidentally say uh, Raw as a film they want their parents to watch <laughs> because that will cause some concern. Okay, so I'm going to kick it off with you, Charmelton. Yes. How are you? I am great. Is that my question? That is your question. Excellent. Uh, how are you doing after 10 days, or actually longer for you, of solid London Film Festival in? I'm doing good. You know, I hydrated really well, and I tried to get enough sleep. I did not see A Monster Calls one morning. I slept instead. Good call, good call. Sleep is for the week. No, sleep is for old people like me. Yep, you're very old. Congratulations yep, on getting 40. I look so good, though, don't I? You do look very good. Well done. Okay, so what was your... Okay, we're going to go first. What was your favourite film? My favourite film... I'm gonna have to go with. That's not a film. That's, no, that's not a film. That's a strange noise. I'm gonna have to go with La La Land. Okay, in one line, tell the listeners to this podcast why they should go see La La Land. And then I'm gonna open it up to the floor or the cushions. Ryan Gosling playing a keytar. <laughs> that's I'd, all you need to know. I'd watch that. That's all. You don't if, need to know anything else. Really. How long is the film? I 
I think like a good like typical hour and a half. I don't know. It was too magical. I wasn't paying attention to the time. It just flew by. I'd 100% watch an hour and a half of Ryan Gosling just playing the guitar, like (laughs) middle of the screen. (laughs) I would watch days of Ryan Gosling playing the guitar. There was other stuff going on. Which hasn't come out yet because that will sell the movie. (laughs) It will. Like like, like it doesn't need much extra to sell it. But also the outfit. Oh, the outfit. The combination of the. I just need that movie to stream so I can. Wait, 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 Toby King. What's this about him being naked? Well, that's what you just said Ryan Gosling playing the guitar. Just imagining a naked Ryan Gosling playing the guitar. That would be amazing. No, I do imagine I don't need that, him but I, it's not in the film, sadly. But <laughs> I he thought was, it was clothed, gotta but... be in the film. Oh, I don't want to see La La Land anymore. Who um who else saw it at the festival? Yep. Um. Okay. So Matt and Nikki saw it. Do you do you agree with Sean? Is yes. it is it good? Yes. She, in a review, she wrote, "You'll only hate this if you're dead inside." <laughs> is that a comment that Very you guys true. can agree with? Absolutely. I think if there were, if it, if we were rating it out of five, we would give it that one extra star. We'd get six stars. It's that good. We were talking about that yesterday, weren't we? Yeah. About whether like to go that extra mile for a film that's that good. And it really is that good. Annoyingly, sorry to be a bearer of bad news, but that's not how rating systems work. <laughs> yeah. so, I know, Adam. We're just like thinking outside the box here because we, there's all the original ideas have been taken, and we're trying to come up with one that hasn't. Um, but chastise us for it. It's fine. We're going to spinal tap it, basically. Basically, we are. We're going to yeah. just like fumble around. Just fumble like, around, play with our own like rating system. Yeah, if you've ever listened to our show, that's generally the gist of what we do. So. That's how it should be. There should never be a proper rating system. No. It should be whatever you want it to be. They work be. on Twitter, though, now, apparently. Mm. Having like the little five stars and stuff oh. with the emojis apparently works very well. The film <laughs> comments like it. Twitter. Well, because then they don't have to read the words. Yeah, they just look, oh, stars. It was great. five stars. It's oh, great. Stars. Fancy, okay. fancy. Okay. La La Land is being tipped, mm-hmm. touted, yep. mm. it's probably not the right word, for an Oscar, do you think it will succeed? Mm. I think it'll be nominated, but I don't think it'll be. I think Good luck, Sean Nelson. Sean Nelson. I think it'll be nominated in a bunch of categories, but I don't think it will win because I think it's too happy. I just don't think people like happy movies, or at least the Academy. Okay, whilst Academy's we're on, full of jaded, sad people. Whilst we're on the topic of the Academy, I'm going to go to you, Matt. What film from the London Film Festival that you've seen could be nominated and could win an Oscar? That I've seen. Um, I think Moonlight probably stands quite a good chance because The Birth of a Nation, there's so much controversy around that and people have really kind of stepped away from it. Um, and that was going to be the big film, uh, you know, like about diversity that they were going to include, I think. I think Moonlight will step into that. And whether it will win, I don't know, because it could be a little bit too left to the middle. But uh, for me, it was the most... Um, uh, well, one of the most impressive films I saw at the festival. But I think La La Land and also Arrival has a good chance as well. Same question to you, Toby. From what you've seen at the festival, I know it's. I know you've seen quite like a f- only a few films, but surrounding it as well, what film do you think could go against like Moonlight, La La Land? Was it Moonlight? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't know why I need to said Moonlit. Against Moonlight, La La Land, in the Oscars next January. Nothing that I've seen will win an Oscar. What have you seen then? <laughs> What, what, have you, what have you seen? seen? Lean into the mic. I've seen Free Fire, which is very good, but I won't win an Oscar. Wouldn't that be I, great if it did, though? I would love it if it did. <laughs> if, if Ben Wheatley won an Oscar for Free Fire, that would be, like, fantastic. Um, I saw Patterson, the new Jim Jummish film, which is absolutely stunning. But, again, it's too kind of... I don't want to use the word lightweight, because that implies it's inferior, but it's not, like, a big prestige movie. But what it is is... An, awesome movie like a perfect movie but I think similar to La La Land it's a bit too kind of not making a statement about anything to actually win an Oscar um, which is why the Oscars are 
dumb. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not because you know it's great to get everyone talking about movies and whatever. But you know, it's always the same type of movies. Yeah. They always have a kind of particular gloss over them. You watch a mm. film, you're like, that's an Oscar film. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, pretty much any film Ben Affleck makes, he wants to win an Oscar when he makes his movies. Isn't that just a good way to be making films, though? Isn't that show... Not if it's a deliberate yeah. Oscar bait scene. No, like, yeah, you know, an Oscar film bait's a great like, word. With Sully, for example, yeah, Sully Tom Hanks. Sully's an Oscar That's designed to get Tom Hanks another Oscar nomination. Yeah. Like, it's designed around him. Because it's a story... Okay, it's a good story, but it's, it's not essential that it's told. You know, it's got all the familiar tropes of a Clint Eastwood movie, including a very kind of, you know, heroic Tom Hanks. That does feel okay. I understand I that like is Oscar bait. Heroic Tom Hanks. I I particularly <laughs> I, like, like Tom Hanks when he's solving <laughs> puzzles. Um, Nikki, you saw Sully, right? I did see Sully. It was my disappointment of the surprise film. Oh, I okay. It's going to be Jackie. Explain the London Film Festival surprise film. I've, this is my first festival, so needless to say, I was quite surprised. What what what's <laughs> the idea behind it? So every year they have a surprise film that you can buy tickets for, and you don't know anything about it, and then rumours fly around through the whole festival. It always sells Ooh. out. <laughs> what did you think it was going to be? I wanted it to be Jackie. And it was? And it was Sully. And then there was a second disappointment. <laughs> the the programmer who introduced it said that they're to really stay in your seats. So oh. I thought, oh, okay, so it's Sully, so Tom Hanks will be here. Yes. It was not Tom Hanks, it was Aaron Eckhart. He's not bad. Yes, but when you're expecting Tom Hanks, exactly. When you want Tom Hanks, anyone else, like yeah, sucks. President Obama could walk in and still be like, where the fuck is Tom <laughs> Hanks? I wanted Tom Hanks. But this was an advance of her seeing Inferno, so I think that, I think it's slightly diluted. We'll get to we'll get to Inferno, potentially. <laughs> As you know, London Film Festival did not put on Inferno. This was they another should oddly. have. They missed a chance. Well, actually, I should say Inferno is playing at Pitchhouse Central now, so... There we go, know. everyone. We were, oh. Toby, we were going to do your plug in a bit. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it every time I speak. So. So this, <laughs> Inferno, what, is it showing now? Yeah. Right now. Oh, nice. Right this yeah. second. Are we going to wrap this up now? So this feels like a good time. <laughs> this actually feels like a good time to naturally segue into a plug. As Toby said, Inferno is showing at Pitcher House Central and there are memberships available. So Sean, in our traditional advertising voice, tell me one of the perks of having a membership. Well, when you get a membership, you get free tickets and you get discounts on foods and snacks and you get to go in the members lounge, which is a fancy place where normal people can't go. That's a good way. And also... You get to meet Toby. As part of being a Picture House Central he, membership, you get required, to talk to Toby required. whenever he's around. Yeah. He's, he's, to bug me he's required. Day. If it's uh, if there's a problem with the website, you can just flag him down and tell him to fix it. Wait, no, wait, no. No, no, no. But yeah, you can go watch Inferno at Picture House Central on screen one, which has Dolby Atmos sound, which is actually quite important as during one of my films, that I watched there during like one of my favourite films, Prevenge, you could hear every... Oh, good. Bone really good. click, every blood nice. droplet. Rip. And that's like, sound matters. And like, I want to talk more about Prevenge now. Prevenge was. Yeah. <laughs> Prevenge, <laughs> no. I went Prevenge was, I went. I think it was and is my favourite film in the festival. Nice. Um, I went into Free Fire thinking that Free Fire might take it, but Prevenge just had it all for me. Mm. It was gruesome. It was extremely well written and in the review that you can read that's probably on the website now I mentioned that there was a possibility for the other characters in it to just become secondary as in just throw away characters because they're only on screen for five minutes you know nothing of their backstory they are just there to be 
disposed of. But every single secondary character is Super memorable. Is yeah. memorable. It's mm. insanely well crafted as a film goes. And I am really looking forward to what Alice Lowe does next. Mainly because she's part of like the um what I like to call the British elite. The indie British elite. Like Edgar Wright has like recently left, but Ben Wheatley's also part of. Mm-hmm. And with Ben Wheatley doing Free Fire, that's obvious a step over the over the pond. And I'm looking across for... the pond to Hollywood land where it's mm. dark and bleak. It's dark and bleak. <laughs> and I, I think that I think that Alice Lowe could do that now. Mm. Um is anybody who else saw it? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. Um, I, do you well, agree? Or? I do agree with you. I agree with what you say about Ben Whitley as well because obviously Free Fire has been executive produced by Scorsese mm-hmm. so it is a massive leap for him even though it was filmed in Brighton. But still, it's um, with Prevenge it really surprised me because I did think given the premise of the story like you said the characters the supporting characters were going to be very one dimensional you know and, and actually when it kind of starts off I, I was a bit nervous about that particularly with the DJ character and DJ yeah, Dan DJ Dan but yet what she does is she fully fleshes them out because she's cast it really really well she's mm-hmm. cast some really really great actors this is England's Joe Hartley as the um, as the uh, the nurse uh, the, the prenatal clinic is brilliant so good. and kind of like the warmth and the, the, the heart and soul of the film um, but yeah Alice Lowe I mean not only is her performance really accomplished and really kind of twists and turns her script does the same and her direction does the same I mean it's a really accomplished first film really accomplished off the top of your head I'm uh, no catching you out here what film would you then recommend after watching Prevenge. So people who haven't seen Prevenge, they don't know much about it. What film is so similar to it? Well, it's not similar, but it's got a similar kind of black comedic vein. It would be Sightseers. I think Sightseers sets you up nicely for the kind of tone of Prevenge. Are we all Sightseers fans here? Yes. yes. Yep. 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 Nice. And it was. Like, you could tell that Alice Lowe had a hand in both of them. Like, it, mm-hmm. But her, Prevenge is very much her film, and it, you can tell it's very personal and um, not... I don't think anyone could go and tell... a kind of heartwarming in a way of like a woman struggling with having a pregnancy and feeling like literally a hostile takeover which is a line that's said in the film and um, you couldn't do that unless you were experiencing that and and I think that's the difference from Sightseers is great and it's one of my favorite movies but Prevenge kind of went a step further and it's it's yeah really really magical Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but afterwards we'll be back with a bit more Lund- bit more London Film Festival chat. We're back. I know yeah. that sounds horrendous. Okay, we're back. It was a good advertisement. It was probably me and Sean talking about things, talking about films, talking about stuff. If it wasn't, it was probably good music. Either way, Toby's here. Nikki's here, Matt's here, sadly Sean's here, and we're going to be talking more London Film Festival, but in a different way. So during the break, I posted the guys very briefly the following question, which was changed a bit. What film do you wish your parents would be okay with seeing? The keyword here is seeing. No, it's not. The keyword here is wish. wish. What the <laughs> hell am I talking about? Um, so we're going to go directly to... Are you ready? Do you have one, Toby? Uh, I mean, no. But... <laughs> okay, we're going to... We'll go to Toby for a different question. We're going to go directly to you, Nikki. What film do you wish your parents would be okay with seeing from London Film Festival? And remember, come close to my microphone. Come closer. Mm, super um, close. I would go Moonlight because my mum probably wouldn't really enjoy it. Why not? She's just not in, like, she just, she wouldn't really like it. But Actually, no, I'm would. changing it, I'm changing it. Okay, she's changing it. Okay. Should we go elsewhere, what do you think? Okay, no, I've changed it, I've got it, I've got it. Go. Okay, I wish my mum would watch The Handmaiden, 
but she doesn't. She won't watch watch movies with subtitles. (laughs) Oh, that's a perfect answer. (laughs) (laughs) I want my answer too. Damn it. So we've got our Huxter movies. The only drawback of a mum scene handmaiden. I wouldn't want to be in the same room as my mum while she's watching The Handmaiden. I wouldn't want to see her reactions to it, basically. I'd rather leave. This is is good. Okay, so when, when you're watching subtitled films... With your parents, like, we all love film here. Mm. Do you always look over and, like, even when you're, like, not even with your parents, but with people and they're on their phone, it's like, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not like yeah, you I can... Yeah. Huh? I want to hit that person. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I have done. Got me trouble. <laughs> Is it just like the... I'm trying to see if I've got anything I can just knock, because they're watering that. It's just like, put the phone down. Mm. You can't see what's going on. It's just awful. I don't think my mum would even begin to watch a film. No, my mum wouldn't. She'd actually, if, I mean, I'd have to tell her, and as soon as she sees him come up, she'd be like, oh no. <laughs> Why? Because my mum isn't a, a cinephile at all, mm. and she'll watch films if I force her to watch it. Now, in defence of her, I have taken her to certain things like The Curzon. I actually remember taking her to see Boys. Well, many, many, many years ago, before Picture Picture House Central. So bearing in mind that I'm nearly forty, and Picture House didn't exist then when I took my mum to that swing. There you go, to save. Um, And I took my mum to it, and it was Boys Don't Cry, actually, um, the Hilary Swank movie, and she really enjoyed it, which was a big surprise because she doesn't like anything like that. But now she watches movies on Lifetime and falls asleep within the first 10 minutes. What movies are on Lifetime? You I can know, imagine, I... like, it's just like your low-rent sitcom star from the 80s playing someone who's got a disease or has lost a kid or, you know, aliens have abducted them. It's that kind of thing. So it's basically the contents of Take a Break magazine but put into visual form. Bingo. Oh, I need to watch these. <laughs> I know how I'm going to spend my weekend. Sean Melton. Yes. So we had The Handmaiden. Yep. <laughs> what film do you wish that your parents would watch, but, you know, they won't, and you just you just know they won't, regardless of how hard you try. My dad is a movie person. He lives in New York, and so he just wanders to different cinemas and sees almost anything, so I'm leaving him out of this because I think I could get him to see pretty much anything. My mum, on the other hand, the last movie I dragged her to was Cinderella, and that was in theaters. So how many years? And that was the first movie she'd seen in, like, two years. So, so she's not a movie person in cinemas, but I wish I could convince her to see Prevenge, because yeah. she was a psychology minor in school, and I think she'd find the psychology aspect of it. And also, she birthed three terrible children. <laughs> and I, oh, I think, wow. <laughs> so she could relate. And yeah. so I think, I think she could relate. But she's not, she's not good with violence, I don't think. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. She, and then she'd be like, is Brad in this? Or is Tom in this? Like the pre- like preface before. She'd be like, oh, or like, are my favorite is, she, is George in this? Is she relating to those actors like they're her BFFs? Yeah, she'll always ask me if George is Brad in coming around yeah. tonight? Well, he might be now, mother. He's, I, he's single. I took her to the Argo premiere a few years ago. No, and, not a Ben Affleck film. And she, no, she was super, she's like, Ben's here? <laughs> she's like, there he is up there. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. he's here. Well, have, you ever like Argo, have you ever had to stop your mum just going up and saying, hello, Ben, and then expecting <laughs> him to know? Well, he was, he was very far away. She was upset with <laughs> That's how the, the only reason. <laughs> she was upset with how the Canadians were portrayed in that movie, though, <laughs> because Ben Affleck lied to make a better movie. What? The Canadians saved everybody, not Ben Affleck. But... What? That'd be, a, that'd be a boring film, though. That'd be a super boring film. Canadians can save people. Actually, I don't Apparently. think they can. Uh, Mounties. Mounties. Due South. No. Yeah. Sean, as a Canadian, has never seen Due South. No, I haven't. I don't blame you for that, to be honest. I mean, it's not a great show. I thought it was. I just thought it was something that happened at customs. But have you seen it? No. Well, miss, it's going to be a long month for you. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question with a swerve. I want I wish my parents would see the void. <laughs> so <laughs> the void is a it's a crowdfunded film from two guys. Can't remember their names off the top of my head because I'm so professional. But what they wanted to make was a movie that was an homage to the 80s and 90s creature features. And why I want my parents to watch it is because I know both my mum and my dad are really big fans of films with a substantial storyline and sometimes storylines that go outside of the film world itself. So, go back to Inferno, they're big Dan Brown reading fans, but they also read, um, my dad reads ridiculous sci-fi and um, my mum's like book reading taste is varied. And the reason they wouldn't watch it is because the void is grisly. It is. People left. People, so many people it left. It was amazing. People left because it just got a bit too much. Too dark. So there's people, yeah, it's, it wasn't too dark. It's visceral. Um, and like the reason why it's so visceral is because in the Indiegogo campaign, they put, they're like, we want to have a long time to make the monsters. Mm. We don't want to use CGI. We want as long as it takes to make really good, really grisly looking monsters. And they did. And there was a scene, I can't, a scene that's just skin, stuff going everywhere. Try not to ruin it for people so they watch it. But, and and the whole screen, there's nowhere you can, nowhere to look on a screen that there wasn't something horrific happening. And someone was just like, no more. I just got up and left. And it was, it was just like, nope. It wasn't um, a premeditated thing where they'd already got their coat. It was like, gone, I'm out of here. And I'd love my parents to see it. I'd, of anybody who has a love of filmmakers trying to create a world around just a singular film. So it's not just a one-off. They want to try and create something that can be done in manga, for example. It can be done as an animated series. Um, is that what they want to do with that? I don't know, but they could. Because there's yeah. no sequel like planned at the moment, which is a shame. But um, these the guys who made it, they work in the special effects departments on films like Pacific Rim, for example. They do this day in, day out. They're Canadian. And they're Canadian. <laughs> so that's my film that I wish my parents would watch. But um, yeah, I wish I wish they'd be okay with gore and Innocent lore. young people dying. Old people die in that movie too, though, so maybe it'd balance out. Yeah. Old, young. That's the selling point. Do they like <laughs> it when old people die? Probably not anymore. No. <laughs> It's probably a little bit, um, it, like it drains them a bit. It's a bit, a bit harsh. So I'm trying to like think of a perfect segue because I want to talk to Toby about Lo and Behold. Sure. Let's talk about internet. Let's talk. talk. Let's talk how, about how was that the screen? internet. So, so for people who don't know, Toby, what is Lo and Behold? It's not just a statement that you say when you see something that surprises no, you. No, no. It's it's full title. Lo and Behold: Reveries of the Connected World. <laughs> Yes. Uh, which is, you know... Brian to his friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, it's Werner it's Herzog's... Um, it was originally a short film project to go on YouTube um, talking about um, various incantations of the internet and how people connect to the internet, and it developed into a feature movie. Uh, and as you can imagine, if you've seen a Werner Herzog documentary, which I assume everyone has... I haven't. Oh, dear. Get out of here. Oh, wow. Really? That, oh, that, wow. that yeah. side of your yeah. mouth there is just yeah, a yeah, sneer. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that, that, that was a genuine, what? Okay, well, anyway. Explain his documentaries. I can't. 
Like okay. it's, it's very difficult for someone of, of my caliber of intelligence and wit to accurately describe <laughs> Werner Herzog's movies because they are so clever and fascinating and he, he delves into unknown places of the human psyche, um, which on the surface is very banal. He'll, he'll interview, he can interview anyone about anything and make it interesting. Um, I don't know how he does it. I don't know what his formula is. I can't even accurately articulate how he does it. I don't know if anyone here can. No. Anyone? No. 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 See, just, just group, like group head silence. shakes. Nah. So this movie is basically ten chapters of him interviewing people and their connection to the internet. So it's either one of the early pioneers who built one of the first computers that made the internet. He talks to Elon Musk about the future of travelling to Mars. He speaks to a family whose daughter was killed in a car accident and how they then got trolled. Oh, wow. strangers on the internet with what? pictures of her death um, that's so there's ten different different ways of looking at and, and oh yeah there's one where there's this colony of people who live in this secluded area in Tennessee which is there's no cell phone towers because they're allergic to radiation and so they can't be near any um, wow. cellular technology and so it's sort of the good and bad of the internet and where it's going and there's a lot to, to think about. It's it, it was very... I, I actually got a bit bummed out because there was another bit about solar flares. So 150 years ago, there was a big solar flare and that messed up all the telegraph machines that Morse code worked on mm. in the time. And they've said, when that happens again, it will wipe out all the, the electricity on Earth. Oh, my days. And will be messed up because everything we do is online. Literally yeah. everything. There's not even any paper Like trail. the movie Transcendence? The Johnny Depp one. No, yeah. I didn't see it. But I yeah, but, like yeah the electricity gets wiped out. Yeah, Guys, would you like to lean in for a closer conversation about the amazing <laughs> film that was Transcendence? Transcendence was a pile of garbage. Wasn't it the directorial debut of a cinematographer? Yeah, yeah, yeah Wally Fister. Fister. Yeah, who did The Dark Knight. Him and Nolan were like buddies, and now Nolan's moved on. Back to you, Toby. Sure. Keep talking. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want us to talk about transcendence, basically. It's just like, I kind of wanted to. It's like, this is a bad idea. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Um, I, I reckon Werner Herzog might like that movie, though. I know, he's got quite a good sense of humour. Uh, but yeah, lo and behold, a um, very fascinating documentary about the internet and how we're all doomed. Um, but it's kind of okay, because it could work out. It could There work was another out. really nice story about how there is an organisation of people, um, and it's called Wiki something, and they're... Their deal is they've agreed that when the shit goes down, excuse my language, with uh, the solar flares or whatever, um, they're going to print out all the pages from Wikipedia and store them. So there is a hard copy of all this stuff. What? Because they, like someone said this really interesting thing, how like our history is going to be erased because yeah, we're keeping it, it all online and we're not storing it properly. They was kind of saying like, you know, 200 years ago when they wrote the Constitution, you have that physical paper mm -hmm. in the States that has the Constitution written on it. Now, laws aren't written on paper. They're not stored in a place. They're stored in a cloud. And what happens if something happens to that cloud? What happens if hackers get in? There's a really interesting thing about hackers as well. Hackers aren't just going to take everything down. They're just going to go in and play around. That's really interesting. Up. You're really selling this to me. I really want to see it's this like, I came out of it really kind of, that was so interesting, but also kind of really scared. Yeah, terrifying. Um, and like, like, it's not a fear-mongering movie at all. No. Because that's not his agenda. No, it's not style. Um, but you end up feeling like yeah. that. It's entertaining as well, though, because I find oh, like, yeah. he's got such a wry sense of humour that I find, like, even in interviews, he's constantly entertaining. You will laugh in the first minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he has some very killer one-liners mm. that oh, just... Amazing. Yeah. I love yeah, him really for a variety right. of reasons. One of being that he popped up in Parks and Recreation as he well. He did. That mm. was amazing. Great I was like, that's the best cameo yeah. ever. So unexpected and yeah. genius. He was also the villain in Jack Reacher. Was he? Yeah. 
He has no fingers and he's blind in one eye. Oh. Bumbled by it, something. Yeah. Typical Jack Reacher storyline. <laughs> um, if you're interested in watching this, I'm going to do the plug so Toby doesn't have to. We're showing it as part of our Central Docs Club on Halloween. So if technology scares you, <laughs> then Monday the 31st of October at 6.30, it is Central Docs Club. And it's being led by your good friend, Chris Harris. Chris Harris, yes. Um, I'll, I'll be there as well. Toby will be there as well. Yeah. Sean will be there. Will you be there, Nikki? I probably will be there, actually. I hate will you be there, Matt? It's it's a great, yeah. great alternative. That's a, that's a good way to spend Halloween. I love putting people on the spot, especially when it comes to purchasing tickets. Available now. Available now. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm sorry, they're not free. They're not free, no. That's not, no, we're not going to be free. That's not, that's <laughs> not how businesses work. Price, yeah. Very reasonable price. <laughs> Come in a reasonable price, uh, £10 and a vial of blood, because it's Halloween. There we go. So that works out fine. I'm, I'm gutted I can't make it. So am I. I'm, I, because I, I want to talk about in the Q&A. I want to give you my Herzog documentary box set, which I now can't think where it is, but I'll find it and I'm going to give it to you and you're going to watch it. Yes, please. Because like, this is why I'm good. One... Fancy pantsy. I'm in New York, but two, I I've worked on the internet all my life as a developer, as a marketeer, as, as a, a professional tweeter, as a professional tweeter, as a growth hacker, <laughs> as a creative, and like it intrigues me. This documentary really intrigues me. But what intrigues me most, and this is why the Central Dots Club will be really interesting, will be the Q and A afterwards. We came fresh from uh, watching my Scientology movie on Wednesday, where there was quite an interesting Q and A, um, to say the least. Yeah, it was uh, good. It was interesting. It was more about Scientology itself and less about the documentary. But it makes sense because I think Scientology will always overshadow whatever medium it's being told through, because mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah. what is going on with this? Religion. Yeah, she oh. was doing. What were we doing? Uh, air, doing air quotes. <laughs> air quotes. Yeah. Air quotes. But, I think I verbalised that really well. Religion! <laughs> but I think after that Q&A, what makes this screening so important is that everybody in the audience will be able to give their opinion on some of the most interesting stories that you said are in the documentary. So, yeah, Monday the 31st, it's £5 for members, £7 if you're not, Eight. 6.30, so... And then stay around for the chat afterwards. Sean will be there. Yep, I'll be there. Toby will be there. I'll be live tweeting it. Oh. Yeah. What, through the movie? I don't, no, no, no. Just the Q&A. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, everybody will be there live tweeting and this takes me on to a film that we couldn't talk about in real time, but this is going out on Wednesday, Free Fire. So we've mentioned it briefly about Ben Wheatley's Martin Scorsese produced epic. shootout. Epic shootout. Epic. Exactly. Yeah, shoot him up. Um, I want to think so I want to stick by through these podcasts and through my written word. Oh, written, the written word is not to spoil anything. Mm. So that's not for you guys listening. That is for the four guys in this room when we're going to talk about Free Fire now. Okay, going round from Toby Wright. What's your favourite thing about Free Fire? Remember, be vague. Like individual moment. You can just or say just... moment or you can just say what it got right. Just how okay, it... Okay, okay. I liked the really good sound design. Okay. And, and that might sound quite boring and not very interesting, but for a movie that is a long shootout, mm. that's really important. Mm -hmm. Because that's a fair point. It, it, was, it was very much, you know, plot-wise, this is a very thin movie, but that doesn't mean it's not a rich movie. And it's the, the sound design and some of the chore chore choreography 
is very well done and, and it creates a very engaging, fun, playful movie. So yeah. I do want to get that quote on a t-shirt for you though. Thanks. <laughs> That's just very good sound design. Oh. Very good sound. Oh. Well done. I hope, the they, I hope they use that yeah. on their posters. Great sound design. <laughs> Great. Matt. I have to concur with you though. Oh. Go to Nikki first. Go Sorry, on. Sorry, no. I was just going to concur and say I thought the sound design was good and the use of um, the John Denver track was also amazing. Oh, yes. I absolutely yeah. love that. But I thought the humour was really well balanced mm. in this film. The jokes landed. Mm. Like like the one-liners, the little zingers, they didn't sound kind of corny. They kind of yeah. worked. Like, I think often when you kind of do that kind of loose kind of comedic script, yeah. it can sound really awful. It could have. And it worked. It could have with the wrong people and with the wrong director. It could have just been like terrible. Yeah, like, yeah. really valid yeah. point. Mm. It could have... Okay, this is going to be a quick contrast. When Free Fire ended, over my right-hand shoulder, someone was like, oh, have you seen Dog Eat Dog? The person next to him was like, <laughs> no. It's like, oh, it's basically similar. What? It's like, okay, I've seen what? Dog Eat Dog. I and have too. Nick Cage. Yeah, yes. the Willem yeah. Dafoe one, no. And it's not <laughs> similar in the slightest. Free Fire has the chance to be rewatchable. Dog Eat Dog does not. For many reasons. Go watch Dog Eat Dog yourself. Make your own opinion. If you if you really enjoy it, tweet me at Bacon Chin and then I'll mute you. But tweet me <laughs> anyway because your opinion is valid. Um, apart from like the witty one-liners landing, the great sound design, Matt, what, what do you think worked about Free Fire? What worked personally for you? Or are you going to just kill the mood here by saying, it is all right, but... I really liked, um, sort of taking on what Nikki was saying about the humour, I really liked um, the interplay between the actors. I think that did work very well. And I think particularly um, the two British actors who were the Bostonian, like, rogues who kind of kick things off. You know what I mean? I, I, th- I can't remember the name of the guy who's in Sing Street as well. Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner, the Irish actor, and uh, Sam Riley. That was him from Sing yeah. Street. Yeah, oh I my thought God. they were really convincing Shit. as the kind of roughneck yeah. Bostonians. And I think that they were really good um so i really like their dynamic and it kind of kickstarted things off nicely it was the perfect kickoff too i was wondering because it's very vague in the trailer you have no idea and it's like this is so believable and like of course like it's so stupid but it's like like brie larson says men (laughs) i think it also nicely sets up the location of it as well Mm -hmm. because you know they're both convincing as those you know sort of boys that run into each other in Boston bars and it is normally over a woman that there's these five things that happen you know this is kind mm-hmm. of a historical thing so it's nicely done it's quite subtle actually which is not in a film that is not subtle in the slightest it's quite a nice touch do you find it interesting that for the full 90 minutes you remained interested I don't think I did okay I, I felt like and I, I, I only for a, only for a small that's a lot of, of sharp inhaling going on right now I, I, I felt there was I felt there was problems with it I think that I, I really enjoyed it I think it's a lot of fun but I don't think it's I think it's a very well made bit of fun but I'm not sure it goes beyond that that's that's my yeah, I think thing. I, I often get this with Ben Wheatley movies and I, I really like all of his movies mm. and I don't really mean this as a criticism because I don't think it's necessarily a problem but there is always something a little bit wrong with them mm. and I actually think that's quite a good thing so I think we put quite a lot of weight on the perfect movie mm. and every once in a while you get a perfect movie and mm. that's fine but whereas I think what Ben Wheatley does he's clearly having fun with his movies yeah. and they're not actually designed to be prestige pictures no I agree with that but, yeah. but I do agree Like there were moments in Free For where I'm a bit like okay like do something else now like yeah. people are crawling along the floor still yeah. you know so and, and I kind of get and you know with uh, High Rise quite a lot of it didn't 
really make sense. But I loved fine. High Rise. I was going to sure. say because I didn't like Kill List particularly. Okay. I loved Sightseers. <laughs> I loved High yeah. Rise, and yeah. I completely understand what you're saying. But I mm. kind of went with those yeah, yeah, um, crazy moments that were added in. I just mm. got sucked into mm. it. With this, it felt a lot slighter than it's, maybe say High Rise did. High Rise felt much grander. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there's bigger ideas in High Rise. Yeah, Whereas this is very much. Uh, this feels like a homage to like Peckinpah and yeah, Tarantino, yeah. and I think he pulls it off definitely. Mm. Huh? Fair enough. It's good to have a different opinion on the film because as I said in the intro we have we're recording this now and we've just come out of it and I for one am feeling um, an adrenaline come down and I love films that do that yeah, yeah. Like, I 100% I felt pumped coming yeah. out I was like yeah, yeah. I want to go kill people yeah, yeah. no maybe not uh, joking. Joking, joking 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 aside that's not good um, I know that you saw one other film and it's quite an important one for us to bring up American Honey right well I only watched 45 minutes of it yeah, um, because I was at work and I hate to say I just wasn't enjoying it. Mm. I was I was not feeling it, and to be fair, I've never really sat through an entire Andrea Arnold movie, which I feel bad about. So like, I like her look, the mm. visual style of her movies is very like you can tell it's one of her movies, and I've heard Fish Tank is amazing. It is. I liked what I saw of, <laughs> of Wuthering Heights, and this movie I just felt like. I think if I was, you know, 10 years younger and hadn't seen that many cool movies, I think American Honey was like the most awesome dog thing ever. But I'm a bit older and I have seen Gummo and I have seen Spring Breakers and I really like those movies. Mm. And American Honey, from what I saw, just seemed to be... Navel-gazing. Yeah, another thing mm. of that. And I'm like... I mean, I should reiterate I haven't seen the whole movie. Mm. But no, I, I got the, the impression yeah. Yeah. that yeah, it wasn't going anywhere, and it's three, nearly three hours long, man. Mm. That's what put me off seeing it because yeah. I, because I've even heard though people that have seen it that it actually doesn't really go anywhere. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it's a series of of beautiful shots and, and scenes, but there's and no. It did look lovely. But, yeah, 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 but that's not enough really necessarily to sustain me. I don't think. I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited. Yeah. What makes me want to see it is in um, an interview that Shia LaBeouf gave with I think Vanity Fair, maybe. He said that he never got a script. Andrew Arnold just gave him a black and white photograph of a forest. Nice. And that was his character development. Wow. What? <laughs> he also, in that same interview, said that Michael Bay is a genius. And uh, yes, it Michael Bay is love, a genius. Well, made me love him even yeah. more. Well, but well, he is a kind of genius. An evil genius. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that makes me really excited for America. He like he loves Andrew Arnold. It's really nice to hear him talking about appreciating the craft of a director. And I think she is a very good director. Mm. But yeah, so I don't. I do you agree? Do you feel like he was channeling that black and white picture of a um, forest? I didn't get enough of his character from, from the you portion of the movie I watched. Yeah. Um, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what is that even mean? He was a very. <laughs> Two-toned wooden performance. Yeah. <laughs> Was his bark worse than his bite? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay, please, please answer this seriously. I'll stop. What season was the forest in? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it, it didn't Four. say. It didn't Full clarify. Of... I feel like it should have been autumn, though. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, Evergreen forest. <laughs> no, I just I got a bit distracted by his weird long rat tail ponytail <laughs> thing, um, which I guess could have been like a vine from the forest. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he was wearing braces. Really? Yeah, I don't interesting. know. Interesting. That what? Like teeth braces? No, like yeah, like suspenders. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Interesting. Um, he was ready for a party. Yeah. At all yeah. times. That's character like development for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put braces on. It's amazing. Here's a picture of a forest. Here's some braces. <laughs> Make of it what you <laughs> will. Just going nuts, kid. So it's worth 
I guess it's going to be worth watching and seeing all the way through yeah, just to yeah. see. Yeah, I, I will find the time and I will watch it. Because, like, if, like I, I think I just need to get in that zone where I want to watch some pretty images for three hours, which yeah. is a fine thing to do in itself. Um, and you never know, it might work for me. Um, but, like, I kind of really want to get behind it because I think she is an interesting filmmaker and this looked... It looks like they had a lot of fun filming it, but it just wasn't working for me, which is a shame because I like all the stuff involved. Mm. It just wasn't really doing it. Right, before we jump off and go to questions that are not about London Film Festival, I'm going to do the typical, what was, what was your favourite film? We started with that though, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. Oh, did we really? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think you only this did. is the problem with not uh, having notes. So, Sean Melton. I think you only got to me though. Sean Melton. I, don't, I, said, I said La La Land, then we all got distracted by how awesome La La you Land is. You know what, is. that's how natural flow, that's how the natural flow works. So, Nikki. Well, I was going to say La La Land, but now I feel like I can't. So I'm going to say, say Christine. Oh, I really want to see that. Is that the drum, drama version? The drama version, yeah, with Rebecca Hall playing yeah. uh, Christine Chubbuck, the woman who shot herself live on air. I need to see that. I really it was see really good, and her performance was amazing. I've never seen her do a lead, and she completely carries the film, and everything is in her eyes. Ooh, good sell. Good sell? I mean, a monster calls. <sighs> Really, Should have woken up. Yeah, it's, 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 it's whole kind of central message and story is uh, really well handled. Really whilst well I handled. whilst I pad for a bit, what would be your one liner to sell a monster calls to anyone? So like, what would get them to purchase their ticket uh, through the door, buy the popcorn, the sweets, the drinks, the beers? Haven't cried for ten years. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> <laughs> If you want nice. to feel again, if you want, to, if you're dead inside, get to see a monster call. No, it really is. I, I mean, I've never been in a cinema where, and it was all the, it was the press screenings. So it was all these collective hacks just sobbing for the last. I do like minutes. it when that happens. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was great. Really Everyone hearing people cry. Yeah, it's really it really makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, but I could, once you started, you couldn't stop, yeah. and it never felt mawkish or sentimental or like mm. it was pushing your buttons at all. It was so well done. It was it was very adult actually in a, in a weird way, even though it was about a young boy yeah. coming to terms with certain things. But um, yeah, great. Really, really great. And for you, Toby, because you've only seen a few London Film Festival, mm. but you're in and around film all the time. Mm. Yeah. So in the next few weeks, what film would you recommend? What your favourite that you've probably seen or you know about? Um, what would you recommend people go and see? Don't say Inferno. We know I it's great. I Inferno. <laughs> yes, pr- probably the film of the year. Yes. <laughs> Tom, hacks, Tom. Probably the film of the year. Um, well, no, I will say Patterson, because it was my favourite film that I saw at the festival, and it is out, I think, at the start of November. Um, it's uh, Jim Jarmusch's new film, and it's about a bus driver played by Adam Driver, and it's kind of like... Oh, oh hey. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wait. Whoa. <laughs> no, that works in so many ways, because the film's called Patterson, because he is called Patterson, and he lives in a town called Patterson. Yeah. And he drives a bus. And he's Adam Driver. Jim, I'm and he's that's what Jim Jarmusch cast him. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do anything here. Just, it's all like, yeah. Did he just give him a picture there. of a bus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this reverberates with me, Jim. This makes me feel old. It's like you know. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Because that's how good a movie it is. I'm sure there's a song that can come from it as well. Yeah. But yeah, you'd recommend Patterson. Yeah, to literally anyone. I would um, And if you don't like it, then you are dead inside. Ooh. And if you are dead inside, then you need to see Monster Girls. Yeah, yeah, so so yeah, and then, yeah, then you'll be prepped for La La Land yeah. right after. Exactly. So there we go. We're saving the world. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> cycle of movies. And as we get this perfect roundup complete, you... Yeah, you watch Patterson, then you watch La La Land. No, you watch like, Monsters Calls. Watch Monsters yeah. Patterson, 
And yeah. you watch Monster Calls to cry to feel that you're alive again, and you watch La La Land yeah. to really, really feel alive and feel that. But then you go back to Patterson and realise it's really good. <laughs> Everything's good in the world. I was actually going to say, and then you finish with Raw, <laughs> and you and you realise. And you're watching with your mum and dad. Yeah. You're watching it with your parents, and you realise there's now a new term for cheeky Nando's, and. <laughs> everything is concerning and that you've limited your palate for so long and you go back and you watch Patterson because you've eaten something bad and you go watch Monster Calls because you realise that it was a really bad thing that you did you watch La La Land to realise that everything is fine in the world and you watch Raw it's a vicious circle guys and having your cheeky Nando's just because you knew your friend Fernando it's a cheeky Fernando's and it just goes round and round Um, that's brilliant good way to finish it guys Um, I'd like to thank all of you individually, but could you? Because we, we probably won't have you out on again, or we might. <laughs> based, on today, based on today, <laughs> based on today, <laughs> based on today, um, reannounce who you are and your Twitter handle if you know it off by heart. And if it's kind of diverse, spell it out. <laughs> Toby, go first. Toby King, Picture Central at Toby King One Hundred One. What's the? Is there? Is that about One Hundred One because of Dalmatians or? Is that it's, a hidden family? You know it's, it, it's a long story and I needed a, a new Twitter handle, so I just put 101 at the end of my name. We'll get that long story soon. It's not a good one. Uh, Matt Williams from Hoxton Movies and it's at Hoxton Movies. Are you doing that? Oh, you don't do your own one? Well, my one's at Matt Music 78 as well. Like I, can, I now can't plug myself. You can plug yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Plug yourself, it's fine. Nikki Alexandru. Hoxton Movies and it's just at Nikki Alexandria but it's Nikki Star N-I-K-I Fair Good luck to you You win a cookie Don't worry all of this will be in the very informative write-up we're going to try and transcribe it as well which will be fun Because everyone's really worried that they didn't get my Twitter Yeah Just make sure to look for the section that says short like short but sharp inhale of breath as we all realise that Matt didn't like free fire Sean Melton Um uh, my Twitter handle is Charnacious, which is my rap name if I was a rapper. And um, if. Yeah, only if. Um, I think that's all I need to say, right? And um, yeah, hashtag give Sean a job. We're still oh, going yeah. for that if you share this podcast. Hashtag give Sean. Find me a job. Find me a job. Um, I've been Adam Libanati Roach at Bacon Chin. I have been. Oh, interesting. Do you need to be when you leave this room? Uh, when I leave this room and we'll I'll keep leave you guys posted. <laughs> I'll leave you with this final thought. Is Bus Driver the parent of Adam Driver and Mini Driver? We'll see you next week for another episode of the 405 Film Podcast. Thank you guys.